0: Hello and welcome to Financial Education Foundation. My name is Warren Shu and today, Family Father's Day uh, and Finances. Okay, Family Father's Day and Finances. What's it all about? Um, you know, for all the dads out there listening, all the grandfathers out there listening, big shout out, hope you're all well, hope you're having a great day. Um, today is Father's Day and I just wanted to do a quick roundup on the key points really about finances and Father's Day. Um, an action group, Child Poverty Action Group, recorded that it cost about £75,000 to raise a child from birth to 18 and that didn't cover the costs of um uh education university private school fees that kind of thing so um it's it's a tremendous amount of money but it's something that i am a father myself too uh and i'm very proud of it and um i enjoy it very much i take it as a, a real responsibility to both um engage my children in money but also empower them to give them the give them the sort of the power over it rather than allowing money to control them and i just wanted to come through cover through a few things um that i do with my children to so see if there were things that you might want to take off um into your world so lifelong lessons around pocket money is a key thing for me um we started giving pocket money at a very young age um we have a strategy around pocket money we're quite sort of um uh, serious. I don't know if the right word is serious, but we have a system around pocket money that we've done for many, many years. And basically, I, I believe that pocket money is a great way to teach your children about earnings and money, okay, budgeting in a safe, simple environment. So they have some money coming in and they then have things to pay out of that money. So this is how we work it in our house. So pocket money is linked to their age. We pay two pounds per year of their age per month so two pounds per year of their age per month so a 14 year old would get 28 pounds a month and that 14 year old for that 28 pounds a month would buy their wants now we would still obviously buy their needs and there's quite a sort of clear sort of cut so for example school items going to school school trips that kind of thing their needs we cover those without a doubt um, if there's something that they want then they would cover it so uh, sort of a, 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 a a clear-cut one really is um, the Xbox. You know, I don't think it's a need; it's a want. So my son pays for the Xbox out of his own money on that one. Um, and what he's doing is he's then he's he's learning in his brain the um, the trade-off between money and in a reward, a a pleasure. So do I want this? Would I rather keep the money or do I want the Xbox Live um, system that he buys? But also, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get them to make decisions about money, and also understand that money runs out. So if they go and spend all their money on day one well actually they're not gonna get paid again for another 28 days or 29 days so oh what am i going to do for the rest of the month so it's budgeting um regards uh, present stuff we also expect them to buy gifts out of that money so we expect them to buy their friends gifts their family members gifts that kind of thing it, it, birthdays and such like um and as a whole they do a great job they do a really really good job um it, when it comes to around, um, sort of giving the money, they they earn the money. So we get them to do chores around the house. So whatever that might work for you, our kids have put the rubbish out and just get the house tidy. They probably do more than they need to, if I'm honest. I hope they're not listening to this. Um, So they've kind of grown up from it from a very, very young age. We had a caveat. We still got it, but I guess we don't need it so much anymore. A caveat in the spending in their younger years, that if they wanted to spend more than one pound a year of their age, so at 10 years old, if they want to spend more than 10 pounds, they would need to check in with the parent first and say, okay, well, this is what I want to buy. This is why I want to buy it. And I've done a a bit of research and this is the best price I can get it for. Because sometimes at a younger age, when they've got some money, they would just go off and spend it and you think, what did you just waste all that money on? So we're trying to be fair, but trying to empower them to make good money decisions. I think these are really good strategies for a young age um, for children to sort of get used to money. So, two pounds per month for each year of their age, the amount of money doesn't make any difference. If 50p is affordable to you, then 50p is the limit. You know, that's everything's relative, and if you're a particularly wealthy family, five pounds, then five pounds limit. I would probably kind of urge not to overindulge with money because what you wanna try and do is get them to appreciate things as opposed to just appreciate spending money. So we do two pounds per month for each year of their age. Uh, if they spend over one pound, they check in and just say hey look this is what we're buying um and sometimes if it's a a bit of a a curious sort of thing they're going to buy we'd get them to sleep on it we'll say okay well look we're okay if you buy it but we want you to buy it tomorrow or the next day just want you to sleep on it for a day or two if you still want it then you can get it and quite often, they'd forget about it um but that's that's going back in time now they're my children now 14 or 16 so things all moved on a little bit um they would buy their uh, wants so they want the Xbox same um, Amazon purchases that kind of thing um, trainers is a, is a gray area we're willing to pay X amount of money for trainers my son always wants to buy 10x on the trainers so we'll compromise not necessarily halfway but we'll say okay well, this is what we're willing to pay and then he'll often put his money towards the different and uh, make up the rest Um doing it that way so it's kind of like a relationship with money um and we link it to chores around the house. So we say, okay, you know, these are things you need to do. And um I don't need to do it now. I can't remember the last time I've done it, but certainly in the early days when they didn't do those chores, I'd remind them they didn't do them. I would just stop cut down the money. So say for example, they missed um the rubbish going out two times in a four week period. I'd deduct half the half their pocket money for that month and they'd be like, Well, I only got half my pocket money. You only did half the job. And that's what happens to you. Half the job, you get half the pay, and then they soon remember. They soon pick up very, very quickly on the way it's going. But the Ospakar's really good. And then when they turned thirteen, they were able to have a bank account. So they now have a, a, an account with a bank um, that we bank with. So they do it that way. But the Oscar has a fee to it. Uh, There's another one called Go Henry. Um, I like them. I think they're very, very good because I think the fee is modest in relation to the lesson that your children are going to learn about money. And you empowering your children with money is very, very important, I'd say. But moving on to investments in children, I'm very, very um, keen twofold, I guess. One, for you as a parent to set aside some money. For your children's future um i do have a, an acronym not an acronym i do have a, a a mantra um now then them um which is basically you look after the present state so your own finances now you look after your future state then um so your own retirement and then you look after your children so i don't want you to start jumping ahead and putting money away for your children's university fees and things what is a priority i think is you get your emergency cash your will and your life insurance the foundations of the money of the house of wealth in place to start off with and then you start making sure you've got a strategy in place for your own retirement and then you can start helping them fund their future um because starting early works really well with time with compound growth is amazing um but one thing you can do now which doesn't really cost anything is start talking to them about investments now you may not know much about investments yourself so you just say hey come clean and just say hey look one of the things I wished I'd have known when I was your age uh, or when I was younger was more about investments. I don't know anything about investments. Do care to learn with me? You know, just to learn a bit about it, and then start learning together. Um, it's a great habit to get your children into the habit of saving money and putting money aside to their investing for their future. Um, and what I've done is on their birthday every year, sort of sat down with them, not necessarily on their birthday, but around that period of time and just said hey okay let's buy a share let's buy a, a, a stock of something and we always bought shares in companies that they were uh interested in or passionate about so my son uh bought stocks in the likes of facebook microsoft apple tesla uh i'm trying to think what else i forget they were his main ones my daughter liked the stocks of facebook again um netflix disney uh, I think Apple. I forget if I'm honest, because um, over the years we've developed it and we've we've bought more. But what I did is in the early stages, I said, "Okay, you know, what do you would like? What's one of your favourite things that you like doing?" So my daughter loved Disney. Well, let's look at Disney. Look, this is Disney, so you can own it, and I'd like share that experience with them. Um, and one of the things I did do is I took them to McDonald's. I took them to McDonald's, just the three of us. We sat down, we got a meal, and I said, um, "You know, that there are." I'm trying to work it out let me just try there are three people in this relationship with mcdonald's there are three types of people there are us right now the consumer we come in and we buy this food and we enjoy it and then we leave okay so we've left money there there are the employees who work here they come in every day, and typically for minimum wage or for a low wage, they work and they do a very good job in the main of keeping the place clean and serving you food and cooking the food, and we enjoy that food. Okay, so out of those two people, you kind of kind of decide who's the, who's got the better end of the stick. But then there's a third person in the relationship or third group of people, and they're the people who own McDonald's. They're the people who rather than spend all their money in McDonald's have decided to buy a slice of McDonald's. You can buy a share of McDonald's. And this is when I opened my iPad and I brought up the share price. And I said, well, this is the McDonald's share price. And um, I think I actually even went to a stage where I said, well, look, if we'd have bought one share back 20 years ago, instead of buying a meal, we bought a share. Look how much that share would be worth today. And I was very fortunate. I think the share 20 years ago was something like 10 or $15 or something. And it was like 75 or $85 or something. It had a tremendous run. And they're like, wow, you kind of got everything." And it's like the reason that has appreciated over time gone up is because these good people who work here have been serving the food. You've been parting with your money and spending the food. And it may cost them um, four pounds to make, but they're selling you to five pounds. And that one pound can go in as profit. And when you're an owner of the company, you participate in that profit. And you participate in two ways. One through capital appreciation of the share. The share goes up. And also, too, by this company paying out dividends, they can pay money out to you every six months or, in the States, is every three months. If you don't have the money, don't worry. It's not all about, you don't always have to have money to do this. There, You can go to the LondonStockExchange.com website, and you go on there, LondonStockExchange.com, and you can set up a um, uh, a virtual account, a dummy account, so you can paper trade virtually. You can trade virtually, so you can basically have the conversation with your son or daughter. You say, okay, well, let's buy these shares, and you're, Basically buying them, but not part with any money. Obviously, you don't participate any profits. You're just doing it on the screen. But it's a great learning experience for you to share uh, with your children about how to invest. Okay, so they're the things that I think you can do uh, for your children or with your children. As I say, some of the things that you should, I think, you really seriously should be doing yourself as an individual, um, as a parent, as a father, is protecting your income. You know, it's very likely that your income is a contributor, probably a significant contributor, but definitely a contributor towards the household and how things run. And if that income got turned off through death or disability, how's the whole household going to be? So to be a great father, a great parent, my my belief is that you should then look at insuring your income if it's necessary. And I appreciate not all of you need to insure your income, but if it's necessary, taking out some kind of insurance. So for death, I would recommend you look at a family income benefit plan very inexpensive, pays out a monthly amount on death, and it'll pay out until end date that you agree. Typically choose something like a retirement date, or maybe until the children are 25 years old. And you just know then, if you do something crazy, or if life hits you in the wrong way, something happens, your life's over, the income that you are earning can continue tax-free until the end date of that policy. So it's called a family income benefit plan, and pays out on death, or death in critical illness if you want it to. Uh, and the second one that i think you should look at is an income protection plan so disability insurance so income protection plan simply means if you have an, if an accident you are unable to work through long-term sickness or an accident after a waiting period anything from maybe a month to six months depending on how much money you got in the bank to tide you over this will kick in and pay you an income so it's almost like long-term sick pay with work now some employers will pay half, uh, full pay for six months half pay for six months and then it finishes so you probably want this to kick in after a year in that case. But if you're self-employed, you may not have anything and you could then maybe go for one of the providers with just a, a four week window if you don't have much money behind you. But a sick pay disability insurance is probably more important arguably than the life insurance because you're still there, you still need caring, you still need looking after. So that's the two main insurances that I'd want you to look at um, being a great parent. And then the final thing I think is essential for every parent particularly for dependent children okay I think it's essential for anyone over the age of 18 but particularly if you have dependent children is a will so a will basically just says okay if I've passed away this is what should happen to my estate really inexpensive to arrange really straightforward but I think it's a real must for every parent now if you have dependent children and you don't have a will and something happens to both parents i.e. they both died car accident these things happen then your children go into social services care until the court decides who should care for them now you don't want that i'm sure you don't and that's why having a will in place which dictates or stipulates i say who your guardians will be is so essential to have um, in place So, guys, um, that's it for the Father's Day special. A couple of key things around learning, uh, teaching lessons for the children around pocket money, helping them to learn to invest. Go and check out the uh, LondonStockExchange.com website for the uh, virtual paper training account. Um, And then the two or three key insurances really is ensure your um, income on death, ensure your income on disability, and make sure your estate's all tied up with your will. Thanks for listening. If you get any questions, please drop me a message. I always reply to them and uh, until next time, stay safe. If you haven't yet subscribed to my channel, please do so. There's a great number of back issues to go through and remember. What makes us different on your financial journey is the support with access to downloads and templates on warrenshoot.com, the YouTube videos and podcasts, as well as access to me, a multi-award winning certified financial planner and certified international coach. So please do engage and let's get your finances sorted together.